1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fine episode of Masters of the Air by Story Archives. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zach Newton. Welcome back. Zach, how are you enjoying this
0: Florida 50, 60 degree weather we're having all week, bud? I'll tell you what, I love it. I got a long sleeve on, got a cardigan on. I had a beanie on, which is why my hair is a mess if you were watching on video right now. Uh, but, you know, it's been great. I, I love the cool weather. I I could use some. I more know,
1: of it. Man. <laughs> I went for a long walk today. Uh, so did we over at this at this park nearby? Uh, just beautiful. There wasn't like many clouds in the sky. It was like mm-hmm. low 60s. Just fantastic. Yeah. If you're not from South Florida, you're like all oh, these guys. Think <laughs> low 60s is that's cold. Cold for no. us. That's <laughs> that's winter. For us, that is winter. So
0: yeah, for Florida, um, absolutely. South Florida specifically.
1: Yeah. You mentioned video. Uh, We are actually in the process of reposting for the first time our Peaky Blinders coverage on YouTube. You have seen the pilot that is on there. We've seen some people filter in and leave some fresh reviews on Apple Podcasts about how much they're enjoying the Peaky coverage. And um, yeah, that's what's going on there. The first episode, don't get your hopes up. The first episode is possibly the only one that will have video because Peaky Blinders in many ways was our first venture out into starting Story Archives, into recording, and in getting better as podcasters and covering TV shows. So one of the things you'll notice is kind of how our form evolves over time as we go through six seasons of Peaky Blinders. But really, we're gearing up. We thought it was a good time to repost these episodes. We think a lot of people are going to be discovering that show for the first time as Killian Murphy probably walks into a an Oscar win. Hopefully, I'm rooting for him. Uh, I think we have like a vested interest in, in Killian Murphy, considering we covered his most famous work ever, probably, uh, for about a year and a half, right? It took a a, it,
0: I feel like it took about a year and a half, because we had to wait yeah. for that final season too.
1: True, true. So yeah, check that out. If you haven't watched it. So watch it. Um, and as always, leave us a review, y'all. If you've been tuning in and you enjoy Story Archives, be sure to leave a review. It's the way we fight. Amongst the muck and the mire of all the podcasts that are out there so that listeners like you who have yet to discover us can. And um, something else I wanted to add. Oh, yeah. If you have any ideas, uh, you know, we're a young indie uh, podcast production company. Spotify is ending their advertising ambassadorship here. So all of our ad revenue, for the most part, is going to end on February 13th or 14th. One of those two. Hell of a gift for Valentine's Day from Spotify. Mm-hmm. So, if you out there have any ideas of um, good ways to spur on advertisers for young, young lads, young bucks in this industry such as ourselves, we're all ears. You can email us at contactsobox.house And I think uh, that's it, Zach. Anything on your side?
0: Uh, no. I mean, if you want, if you feel out of the kindness of your heart that you want to support the show, and we do have a Patreon account, oh, so yeah. there is a link in the description below, but we don't like to push it that much, so.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, That's you know, it. if you want, if you like us making episodes, it, it goes a long way <laughs> it when does. you support us. So, um, the more we are supported, the more we can make content. We, if we don't make any more content in terms of like our volume, sometimes can be dictated. You know, just you know, Zach, if you were making a full time living off of uh, Story Archives. We've been making a lot more episodes on Story yeah, Archives. There'd
0: be, be like one a day or something at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it'd be channels springing up out of everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all that. So, anybody, we're all ears. Uh, we're learning and, you know, we're not too proud to accept um, counsel when it comes to that kind of stuff from those out there who might know better than us. So, hey, in other news, maybe we should do like a little segment before show starts. Uh, what have you been watching besides Masters of the Air that's caught your attention lately? because I've got one I've got one
0: well I mean I, I'll just I'll be honest I mean I've actually just started rewatching the the Oppenheimer movie last night with my wife so we're gonna finish that okay, okay. uh tonight okay. as we record uh I'm I'm currently in Game of Thrones like that that's what I'm heads down in at the moment so I'm working on getting through it I'm like in the middle of almost in the middle of season four so I've got I've got a ways to go but I mean I, I feel like I made good headway how okay, about you
1: cool um, I had tried watching the Scorsese movie, The Flowers of the Killer Moon. Uh, I couldn't get through it in one sitting. Um, I will have to revisit it wherever I left off, but I mm-hmm. got to say, um, not my favorite in I, terms of like, it I was gonna wasn't, ask. yeah, yeah. I don't want to say too much. Most people haven't probably watched it yet. Um, But there's just lots of reasons, I guess. You know, I think movies and TV shows, the genres have to hit you at the right time. I have been watching Griselda on Netflix, which is based Mm -hmm. on Griselda Blanco, the famous cartel leader who used to run Miami back in the 1980s or 1970s. Interesting. Uh, That has actually been really good. I'm like on episode six. I started that on Saturday or Friday and stars Sofia Vergara. They were really generous to Griselda Blanco. I mean, I don't know what she looked like when she was younger, but... I mean, that's a hell of a way to glamorize a, an ex drug lord has been making Sofia Vergara the the, the <laughs> actress portrayer. So, uh, you know, anyways, pretty good show. It does have its cheesy moments, but overall, good. But like all cartel things, you know, all those gangs, the ego gets to their head, you know, everything tends to fall apart towards the end. But,
0: well, I am, yeah. you're the second person, by the way, for the Killers of the Flower Moon, I believe, that has so far told me that it's just kind of meh. Um, I've, I've been meaning to watch it, but it, it's a three and a half hour watch. Um,
1: Yeah, DiCaprio is awesome, so, by the
0: way. It's just, it's
1: hard to get through. I, I got to just sit down, shot. focused, maybe get a couple of drinks in my system and mm-hmm. give it another go. You know, I maybe okay. drink a little whiskey and just yeah. kind of sit there with some good, maybe like in a food coma. Mm. I don't know. Anyways, there's lots of good things to watch on TV. It's hard to, you know... Anyways, Masters of the Air, episode two. Let's get into it. Part two. There are, yeah. There's no titles for these episodes, so it's just going to be part two, part three, part four as we continue on through the season. And part two kind of continues on exactly where we left off on part one. Um, Buck or Gale Clevin has his first mm-hmm. mission, and he's kind of. Slightly traumatized. I think it's his pr- first combat action, uh, period. Right. You know, I, we talked about this last episode with that that Buck and Bucky, which we're not gonna do. It's gonna be
0: Bucky, <laughs> Bucky and clever. it's gonna be
1: Bucky played by Callum Turner, which is the more charismatic of the two, and then you have Gail, aka Buck, who is the more serious, and that kind of makes sense, right? Because Buck is more serious than Bucky, right? Just a little, and bit. uh. Yeah. Well, he had his first combat action in episode one and we're kind of like on the, the back end of that heading into the next mission, which Zach, make sure to pull up our email. So, he's got a really interesting email um, about episode two, which we'll talk about at the end of mm-hmm. the episode. Actually, a listener wrote in saying that episode two is really interesting to them and kind of hit very, like almost literally at home because their hometown is Trondheim, which is where they bomb in this episode. Uh, which is a crazy thing to to hear someone listening to the pod who has such a close experience of remembering the history of that growing up in that area, which we'll, we'll read that email once we kind of maybe get closer to that part in the episode. But um, we get a lot of this kind of hangover feel from the last episode. Bucky's slightly starting to feel bad for himself, and I think it's more because he's been put sort of in a pencil pusher administrative role, on the air force base and in part kind of, it seems like he blames himself in a way for not being up there and maybe not being able to prevent the loss of lives that they had in the first mission. Because you can see in his, in the second mission that we see in this episode, Mm -hmm. he makes the call to drop back and to match the speed of Barry Keoghan's character, uh, Kurt Biddick, who's lost pretty much like all of his (laughs) engines mid mission and uh Bucky makes the call to fall back and to kind of make sure that Biddick makes makes his way safely to an emergency landing, which Harry Crosby's character, which is the narrator of the show, is instrumental in making sure it happens safely. But we do get that moment in the beginning where Bucky's starting to feel bad for himself. It feels like he's always drunk on the show, and he gets to meet his um I actually know that's a little bit further on, but what do you think of like kind of like the whole? start up on the episode and the way, the way the show is being paced right now, how does it make you feel? How, how, what has been your first impression, Zach?
0: I, I think the pace of the show is fine. I, I I don't feel like it really needs to move quicker or slower in any way. I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, I do feel like we, we've kind of maybe seen the writing on the wall for Bucky trying to like get a little more hands on uh, with, I guess his role. Like we, we see that he doesn't really like to lead from the position that he, that he's led in. And, I mean, it seems like it's for the better, right? Like, I, I feel like a, if it were anybody else, like, I would have been left behind. Biddick would have been left behind. Uh, probably would have went down. So, I'm, I'm happy to see that, that he's in the role that he likes at least. But, I, I you know, the comment about him always being drunk. I mean, can you, can you blame him, really? Middle of middle of World War II.
1: I haven't read the book by Donald Mil- Miller that this show is based on. But I will say... It's hard to take Bucky's character seriously, and maybe that's by design. Mm. Maybe it's because there hasn't been something that's hit close enough home to him that's made his character have this this tone change, but he still very much has that class clown, makes everything about himself uh, type of feel to his character, which doesn't really tend to resonate with best leader on base. It does, that mm-hmm. Those two things don't seem to go together. And if we're going to do it, it's a military TV show. So, let's compare it to something made by the same guys who are making this show, Saving Private Ryan. And mm-hmm. you remember Tom Hanks' character and the sort of uh, more sober-minded leadership that his character has in that. And it's a tone change. There's a heaviness. There's mm-hmm. not this laughing from the wing of a plane. Um, I can't... Feeling bad for himself. I can't feel anything while there's like there's probably been 50 people who have died in the previous episode. So, there, it's kind of hard to take him seriously with this, like whole, like, I feel bad because I'm in an administrative role and everything, you know. It's constantly, it's almost, for me, uh, too much about the friendship between him and Buck, where he says, I'm betting on us, Buck. Like, I get that aspect, but where's that sense? You don't really see it until that final scene where Buck go or Gale goes, we, the best thing to do is lead our boys through this. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see more of that. I want to see when you're, when this character is coming face to face with death, there should be this kind of tone change. Right. And yeah. um, it, it took until I think for the first time, the end of this episode to really see that out of Bucky's character, because prior to that, it did feel like a lot of look at me, look at me, look at me. And I don't know if you had that same, that same impression, but it did feel very much like, you know, Concerned more about how cool the character looks rather than what would actually be going through the minds of these guys who, who did this. Yeah.
0: I mean again it it's it's hard to really know without being there, right? Like some like I I suppose maybe yeah. some of that could just be his way of dealing with the stress of the situation, right? Like I yeah. I could I could get yeah. I mean, again, the guy's drunk and like literally <laughs> probably over half the episode. So mm. that that's hard to comment on. But yeah, no, I, I I do think I agree with you. There is this element of just him trying to play everything off as, you know, hey, he's the cool guy you know, he's you know, he's, he's good, you know, there's no problems, really. Yeah. It, it'll get annoying if that continues into, like, the next episode or two, for sure. Like, it's already kind of starting it, yeah. to get there. Yeah. So, hope, hope, yeah, hopefully something annoying. sobers him up. But yeah. I, I hope that's not, like, at the expense of uh, uh, Clevin.
1: I don't want to lose the what makes the character the character, but mm-hmm. if someone gets their face blown off, like, and this is a, this is a true story, but if something like tragic happens and the tone of this character doesn't change after that, yeah, then that's just to me unrealistic because these guys went through horrors in World War II. But then again, it's early on; it's part two. He hasn't been a part of a mission yet, I don't think, other than his observation mission. That uh, they've lost lives of so- like that they've literally lost the life of somebody. But yeah, um, I do think you started to see that tone change at the end. But like you said, it, these guys are on base. A lot of what this show is doing right now, at least it feels like to me, is showing you. It's very siloed. It's very focused on what's going on within this base. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't have a sense of the scale of where we are in the war. Of how much progress they're making if they're having success against the Germans, we are not getting any of that sense. No. Which kind of reminds me of this video game uh, Hell Let Loose, where no, there's yeah. no character indicator on top of the enemy soldier. So like, you shoot like an enemy soldier, you have no idea if they're dead unless you walk over to them to like see, and they could just be playing dead and mm-hmm. then just kind of take you out. So you kind of get this sense where you have, and I, it's just probably by design. Um, but the audience has no idea where we are in the sco- in the scope of the war. Uh, or like in this t- this time frame, uh, you know, what is the core objective? Like, what are we going towards? It feels very yeah. much episodic. They're, we're going to have that presentation at the start of every episode of, boys, this is our target today. And we're going to start over every episode. But I kind of do hope they zoom out a little bit and show us at this point in the war, this was occurring or that was going on. But maybe yeah. not. Maybe yeah. this will just be like a diary entry. <sighs>
0: I mean, it would be nice to have like some sort of like wayfinding here, and and you know know where we're at. I mean, the show isn't really telling us, right? Like, of course, I'm sure you could go do your research and be like, what was happening in this yeah. place at that time, and you you could figure it out. But mm-hmm. it's not obvious through the show itself. So, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I kind of hope, though, to be completely honest, that this doesn't uh, stay in this mode of every episode. It's just like, all right. The same uh, formula. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, all right, we're going on a mission, all right. We're going on a mission, a few people die, we come back, great. Like that's gonna be really boring. So I I, I really
1: mm-hmm.
0: I I don't I don't know if it's people are gonna get like stuck out in the field or something like that, but I I don't want it to be that repetitive. I I'll I will be really unhappy with the show, I think, if it stays in that mode.
1: I I mean, look, look, there's ways, there's things that they introduced in this episode that you could have seen as standalone movies, right? uh they they dropped like a just a throwaway line where they said the the what do they call it the 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 detector like where they could see there was like this 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 like little mechanism that mm-hmm. they could see exactly where they were dropping the bombs right and they said that this gadget yeah. was the second best kept secret on the u s side which is why they were so effective on their precision bombing hmm. right they said that was the second most um critical secret that they the best kept secret they held aside from the atomic bomb uh, in the war like that's a throwaway line and you could have had like a whole whole slew like a whole background of of what was going on there and like a build-up towards the bombing in a way that didn't feel like this was an anticipated thing Mm. you know cut away show us why we got to bomb these submarines like what like the kind of uh mayhem that these u-boats were causing on uh goods that were coming over across the atlantic you know what i mean yeah kind of set us up, raise the stakes a bit. Maybe they should introduce some some German characters in that base or something like that. You know, th- hmm. things like that that could help us uh, feel a little bit more connected with what's going on and, and the stakes of this mission and maybe failed attempts before or what success in this mission would mean for the Allied troops. Things like that. I think the audience needs a little bit of that. Uh, or maybe they're just saying, "Hell, I mean, this is literally a diary entry. We're, this is the story of th- this platoon, the hundredth, and that's your guys' problem. You guys got to go look that up for yourself." Which we can kind of piece those things by ourselves, mm-hmm. but when it comes to like compelling storytelling, you know, it helps. Can, to know yeah, I mean, where you can are lose an and audience Redskins. if
0: if you don't yeah. try to give some yeah. level of guidance. If it's all like, "All right, you've got to go do the research on your own," like. You're going to have trouble trying to get a lot of people to watch the show and I I think thoroughly enjoy it.
1: Yeah. How about like when Kurt Biddick's character, Barry Keoghan, played by Barry Keoghan, uh, when he crashes in Scotland. Mm -hmm. You could have done a scene there when they're getting off and the people coming out of the house and like there's a moment of kind of scared, you know, nervousness of like where the hell did we land? Yep. And instead we just get the phone call and they're drunk and they're like invest in the other characters too, not just Gail and Bucky. That's kind of my, I would like to see a little bit more into those characters. So far, we're getting mainly Bucky,
0: Gale, and Crosby. Those are the three kind of focus right yeah. now. And there was no real flashbacks in this from, from what I recall. Like, no, nothing. nothing that was like, you know, helping with character building or anything like that. And I mean, if we're going to stay focused on, uh, you know, Bucky and Gale, like, I, I really, I need, I need a little more backstory. Like, I know I said understand. in the first episode yeah. that I don't want to see a ton of, like, this back and forth and time jumping, but, you know, like, you can do it tastefully, right? Like, they, there needs to be, like, some understanding of what their background is, why they're here, maybe why Bucky is the way Bucky is, I don't know. But I, 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 I think, think that might help tie me into the character a little more.
1: Yeah, take us back to basic training where we can see, why are these, like, how are these guys such best friends? Like, we don't know the stakes of their friendship, even. You know, in terms of, like, how connected are these guys? Like, what is the bromance here between these two characters? You know, where did where did that first start? Was yeah. there a moment? Like, just give us something that makes us as invested in their friendship as we are. Because right now, doesn't the friendship feel a little one-sided? It's more Bucky towards Gale than Gale towards Bucky?
0: Yeah, but I in mean, Gale's just so damn cool. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, he does play everything off cool, but he's also not as talkative. Just feels like
0: Bucky's more. Um, yeah, but, uh, Bucky seems to be much more of an extrovert. Uh, I think I, I don't know that I would say Gail's an introvert or anything like that. But I mean, he does. He is a bit more reserved at the very least.
1: It just seems like he has a more serious tone. Like he's at war, and he's not trying to play games. Like he does. He's not going out to drink after the mission. Um, he's not making like a ruckus, right? Yeah. He, he'll get he'll get together with the guys and do his thing. But he's. It seems like he's focused on the mission at hand. And uh, Bucky's playing it more of, it's me and you out here, bud, you know, Maverick and Iceman out here just (laughs) flying the shit, shooting the shit, you know, that kind of thing. It does have a Top Gun vibe to it at times when they're like, when it's so isolated on them too, standing out from the rest of the platoon. Also, like it would help, I gave the background story of that these guys are already majors, but um, I think that would have been... a, a. cool thing to add but then again it's just part two we could get that still oh
0: yeah, yeah it, it's interesting that you mentioned the part of this kind of feeling like top gun in some ways and i i mean i feel like it's kind of hard to not especially with the fact that the top gun movie r- released so recently um but yeah i mean it, I, without trying to give anything away when i think back to like band of brothers and for example a plane goes down right like that like there was there were tons of planes there too. I'm just going to say that mm-hmm. a plane will go down at some point. Uh, it felt like a lot more. Uh, what's what's Stakes? the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah I mean, if it, it felt close to you, like you 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 were there, like you you saw the impact of it a lot more. I feel like in this episode we saw a plane go down, but it was just like meh, okay. It just it it just fell well, over there like like there there wasn't really any anything or much to humanize like the plane going down if that yeah, even yeah makes you're sense. right yeah. a literal plane crash in this episode yeah. I forgot about that yeah that's and that and that, that's that's, that's a, problem. a problem you forgot about yeah. a plane crashing in a movie about yeah. war yeah
1: yeah, yeah um, or a show that war um, lemon's lemon's character was like playing with kids like lighting the, a tarmac on fire and mm-hmm. a whole plane crashes in the background we don't get any explanation and that shit didn't crash like emergency landing like everybody lived no, that I shit crashed like everybody dies,
0: died
1: yeah. yeah 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 i mean um, thing
0: exploded there's nobody there yeah yeah
1: by the way that top gun character that top gun comment i made unfortunately was not a compliment that was more of a cuz you remember top gun uh, yeah. the original that's in flight school like mm-hmm. that's flight school that is not uh, they're not fighting real military missions yeah. like they're in flight school it feels like Bucky hasn't left flight school with with his mindset yet.
0: Well, let's be real. Right? I don't. I don't think a lot of these people have flown all that much.
1: I agree. <laughs> I. But he did do an observation mission, That's which true. he came back That's from true. battered and bloody, and saw lots of people die. So mm, you know, I think all it takes is a, you know one damn plane going down and get, flying past those flat cannons before you kind of just you know. Yeah, I mean, but then I, again, every time you if go if you're on, gonna
0: you're probably not coming back. Yeah. Like
1: I, I, you know you have to get it too, in a sense, like these guys are living like every day is their last day. So there's no point of walking around like in mm-hmm. fear either. Right. So you respect that about his character. And that's kind of the direction. Like he kind of, he cheats on his girlfriend back home with the barmaid in episode one. And you can get that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's living like it's his last, like he's never, you never know who he's going to find again. So you kind of get that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think they established that that was like his fiance or anything back home. So I didn't just kind of one so. of those things where like, yeah. You know, some some love interest or
0: something like that. Yeah, nothing too nothing too serious.
1: All right, so that was the beginning. Uh, We have that party where Bucky and and Kurt stay up, and Bucky eventually gets to the point where when they are, uh, he does have a a meeting with the new CEO because the Mm -hmm. previous CEO popped an ulcer on the on the previous flight Mm -hmm. and is out of commission, and now we we have the new CEO who seems like much more one of the men. You know, one of the guys in the platoon uh, demotes Bucky almost immediately, which it seems that's what Bucky wanted, right? He was tired of being an air exec and and wanted to be back in the plane.
0: Maybe that's kind of why he was acting the way he was acting, right? Trying to not, you know, I guess, get a role that is that senior to everybody else. Like, I I could see that maybe being the case, but even when he did get demoted, like, he didn't change all that much. So...
1: No, but they they also... At the end of this episode, they're coming off of a successful mission. Nobody died. They successfully bombed the German subs. So the cele- I, that's kind of my favorite part of the episode really was uh, oh, a couple of things. I did like the, the aspect of Crosby navigating them and kind of like overcoming that and, and creating the plan to go through Scotland to give uh, Kurt's character a chance to land the plane. But I liked the celebratory aspect after the mission where these guys all came back. All the planes came back home. And that's mm-hmm. a massive win for the hundredth, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do were think you su- that.
1: Were you surprised at the British? Sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh well, no. Finish what you're saying, because I I might be talking about what you were about to bring up. I don't know. No, you you say it. You say it. I was well. I was gonna add or or say that I think we might end up seeing like a change in tactics at some point soon here because they they were talking to I guess the British uh, in this mm-hmm. episode and they're like, oh, you guys are brave. You guys as you're flying missions in broad daylight when everybody can see you you know like Mm -hmm. in retrospect it kind of sounds stupid to be doing that but i don't know maybe you can see your target more effectively there there was there's a line on the episode where um you know they were talking about you know the night raids could be uh very effective depending on which side of the plane you're on um Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe maybe we'll pivot here and we'll start to see a lot more (laughs) night raids going on and i don't know that, that might just It'd be a bit different. It'll spice it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, that British officer character mentioned that uh, they don't care to be precise because as long as the bombs land in Germany, they don't care where it lands. That's pretty yeah. much essentially what he said. Um, and by the way, Gale's character agreed with him that the night missions are the the smarter plan. Mm-hmm. He just didn't like his delivery, right? It's like, you yeah. can say the right things, but if you're, because the Brit was completely douchey in the way that he was acting towards the Americans. He was yeah, acting he was, very, yeah. you know, like he was having revolutionary war flashbacks, you know, but um, <laughs> were you surprised at the infighting between the Brits and the Americans? I mean, I'm assuming that mm-hmm. happened on base, but you know,
0: I don't know that I'm, I mean, I've, 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 maybe I'm conditioned and I'm just used to seeing that, um, you know, sort of back and forth and a lot of, a lot of shows, yeah. not, not even just military shows, but I mean, one side always thinks that they're better than the other. I mean, that's at least what, what I, I recall as I think back on, on shows like this. So no, yeah, I, don't I don't think, think that's
1: going it's kind of one of those things where you, these guys talk crap to each other, but if it came down to war, they would help each other. Yeah. You know, like if they're in the heat of the battle, yeah. that dude would give his life for the other, you know, that sort of thing. Or, you know, mm-hmm. they bust each other's balls on base because it's a bunch of dudes. They're just in between missions. We're going to talk crap. That's what we do. But um, yeah, I, I was kind of interested to see the fight. Apparently, Kurt's like a hell of a boxer. He, sm- he smacks Bucky in this episode across the face and, uh, <laughs> and put on the moves on, on the Brit there who didn't seem like the toughest guys either to be honest no. kind of look like the previous ceo who was vomiting blood in episode one
0: about as strong
1: <laughs> yeah because that guy looked sickly the yeah. one in the C the commanding officer in uh episode one which he literally was i'm assuming the uh the altitude was what popped his ulcer
0: pretty much i would i would imagine i mean I'm, i mean, could have been a bus- bumpy ride as well who knows
1: I was shocked at the. Um, I mean, it obviously made sense after, but the cold, the freezing temperatures that you guys are at in the mm. plane, and the gunner who touched the gun with his bare hands. Yeah. In the previous episode, did you catch that? Where he pretty much like burned his hands or something like that yeah. from from the cold frost. But yeah, I mean, insane. I would
0: imagine it's. I mean, you're you're flying at whatever altitude there was. I have no idea. Any place it's already mm-hmm. cold, flying like I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a couple hundred miles an hour or something. I would imagine. Yeah. Not yeah, not sure probably. what what speed they're they're flying at, but it's dude, I mean, you talk about wind chill. Mhm. That'll be insane. So Crosby
1: steps up in a major way cuz he he has to step in for Bubbles, who's the nav- like the chief navigator on one of the forts. Mm-hmm. And Crosby gets like this kind of last minute notice on the day of the mission that they're going to go bomb the subs. And uh in between throwing up and in, in his helmet, which <laughs> dude, I have like this 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 without fail every time I'm eating okay no matter (laughs) what and I'm watching a TV show someone will throw up like someone will throw up on screen it is without fail and uh, Crosby was throwing up everywhere in that plane and somehow you know kept it together I thought he was gonna fail you know on this mission and this was gonna be like one more failure Mm. Until he turns it around, but no, he was very much one of the heroes on this mission. Aside from from Bucky, who made the call to slow the you know throttle down and and stay
0: at Kurt's pace. Yeah, he did a good job, man. He, I think he had one of the the funniest parts. I'm pretty sure it was this episode where he, where he, he ends up throwing his helmet back on. He's like, i have been hit, I'm going yes, hit." Yes, oh.
1: I thought that was so great. That was hilarious. I forgot that he threw up in his own helmet, which I was thinking the whole time. I was like, when he put the helmet on, I was like, he put the vomit, like the vomit's going to hit his head, which by the way, if you're in that situation, whatever, like I'm going to put on the vomit helmet too. But um, dude, don't you think the way that they point those turrets when they're aiming out of the plane, it always looks like they're aiming directly at the plane side by side to them when the fighter, uh, like when the German (laughs) planes are zooming by. Doesn't it look like the turrets aiming directly at their own uh, fort? A little
0: bit. I mean, you you can you can clearly see it there, but <clears throat> I guess it's just low enough. Just low enough.
1: I was concerned Crosby was going to be the equivalent of the translator guy from Saving Private Ryan, and he's already exceeded that guy uh, in terms of likability as a character. Okay. Um, do you know who I'm talking about?
0: I, you know, I was waiting for you to, to ask me a question about Saving Private Ryan because you're probably going to hate me. I've never seen the full movie.
1: Well, that wraps up this episode, ladies <laughs> <down> and gentlemen, bro. <laughs> I've, see, I've, seen, open, seen, I've seen bits uh, and co-hosts. pieces on, on TV. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a character in Saving Private Ryan. He's, he's a translator. He, he's constantly wanting to show mercy. To the Germans who that mm. they capture and it leads to one of the the main characters getting killed ah. uh, because of his like he couldn't comprehend that he was in war in, yeah. in war time you know? no, I get that um, and, it, and it led to a catastrophe pretty much mm. but I was worried that Crosby was possibly going to be that character and he is not he is absolutely um, a hero character um, in a major way Good. And by the way, the translator was not a bad person. It wasn't a bad character either. It was just. Yeah.
0: It bad cost decisions. the life
1: of a loved yeah. character as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But
0: yeah. Well, I'm glad to but hear he's that he's good. he's uh, surpassed expectations. You got to watch that. You have to watch that movie. I'll watch it. I've, I've, seen, I've seen bits and pieces. I feel like I've seen the majority of it, but it's been so long since I've seen it. I, I really don't remember much
1: that's the most shocking thing you've ever told me in our
0: years it's it's on i know man like it's 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 been on my list like i'm always intending to go back and actually watch the full thing like it's literally on my list right now of like the the movies that i want to watch this year but um yeah it's just it's it's just finding the time watching i've i've pivoted to game of thrones so you know all my all my war shows have have taken a back seat and you gotta you you gotta give and take here give and take a little bit No, man, I got to plow through Game of Thrones. I got to finish Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. No, I got to finish it. I've got like, what, two and a half seasons left? Got to go.
1: Wow, you're already on season five, huh?
0: I'm almost to season five.
1: You're just freaking going crazy on that. All right, awesome. That's awesome. Um... (laughs) Stay tuned for House of the Dragon on Story Archives later this year.
0: I did see the first episode to to- of House of the Dragon, by the way. Like, when it yeah, first you'll, came you'll out. Go, I liked s- it a lot. You'll,
1: you'll, go, you'll go straight to House of the Dragon after this. It's, I like, will. I
0: will. Guaranteed. So, it'll be a while. For to like sure. saving private Ryan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, we get the call to uh, fall back for, for Biddick. He emergency lands a plane in Scotland. And then you get the last pretty much act of the episode, which is the celebrations happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parties, you know, we get introduced to a general's daughter, um, who I'm assuming will come back as a key sort of character. She's kind of like a little stone face. She's not gonna, she didn't go really for the advances of the soldier who tried uh, to wager a bet with his buds. Um, <laughs> and then we get this last scene, which is very important because it's starting to hit closer to home at the base here of the hundredth. You get these sirens in the distance because the Germans are striking back perceivably in the middle of the night and it's somewhere near them. And there's kind of this realization among the troops that that could be us. That could be us right now. And, um, same way that they bombed a base earlier in the episode. And you get for the first time, really this kind of sober moment between Bucky and Buck, even though I think Gail's character is very much, uh, sober most of the time, even if he's playing it cool. Yeah. Um, and they talk about the most important thing, is leading their men through this war. And now I didn't know if he meant that strategically as well in terms of switching up what they're doing and having missions at night, because they do mention that in that scene about the flying at night. Um, I do want to see if there's any tactical changes here, if we see any stories like that in this show, but thoughts on the last scene, and you know,
0: where do you think things go from here? Do things just continue to escalate? I'm honestly not sure. Like I mean as far as my my thoughts after seeing the last scene like I'm excited to watch, you know, episode 3 or part 3 whatever you want to call it. I I'm really not sure where it's going to go yet. Like it, I I still feel like it's kind of early to to tell. Um you know me like I w- I was I guess speculating a little earlier like maybe there's some sort of uh you know storyline here where they go out on a mission and they have to crash land in enemy territory or something and you know maybe maybe we focus in on you know buck and i'm sorry bucky and uh clevin gail uh and they're just trying to make their way back like maybe that's something that that ends up occurring and you know that that would be maybe a little different but i almost feel like uh we've seen that card played already when it comes to you know other shows like uh uh i don't know banana brothers and it's not that they like there was any like crash landing per se but it's just i mean there's a lot of time behind you know enemy territory
1: mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: i agree All right, I think that about does it for our coverage on part two. I do want to get into those categories, though, so let's roll it over to the category section, Zach.
0: Let's do it. Let's go with favorite character of the episode. For me, it
1: was Kurt Biddick, um, the pilot who had to crash land his plane in Scotland. I thought he had several great moments in this episode from um, standing up to wanting to fight the British officer to uh, <laughs> punching bucky in the face um to to pretty much successfully landing that plane and by the way i thought he was in a crash into the side of that cliff because of the some of the ang- camera angles of how low he was coming oh, in yeah. for that emergency That's landing what i thought
0: too i thought they were like doomed <laughs> they, yeah. they the bottom of the and plane I, scraped the edge of the cliff
1: yeah yeah it bounced off pretty much the the front of the cliff which kind of seemed to work in terms of nullifying the landing but um, I also liked how comedic it was. He was very much the comedic relief at the end where he was um, pretty much just having a good time with the Scottish, uh, yeah. whoever was in that house. We didn't really get a scene there, which I wish that was the one thing that I wish in this episode they would have done was give us a scene of those people coming out and seeing their damn farm, <laughs> like their crops destroyed. Yeah. But uh, I thought he was he was definitely my favorite character in this episode.
0: All right. All right i uh i'm going with lieutenant crosby i uh
1: solid choice yeah
0: thank you thank you i li- i like them he stood out how about favorite yeah, scene that was
1: my second. that was my second choice by the way
0: of course it was yeah
1: okay favorite, favorite scene? scene um yeah. i gotta say probably the last act like when they get back from the mission to uh the to the sirens like the just the whole ce- you know celebratory mm-hmm. feel like seeing the celebration it, it was a chance to kind of get to know some of the characters a little better uh get closer to the people on base i will say uh there was like a random scene with with lemons who's part of the the maintenance crew on the planes we've mm-hmm. seen barely anything about his character enough to get attached to him yet uh yeah. but you do see he's like a, a gem of a of a, of a soul you know, kind of helping these kids. One of the kids has lost a hand. He has like a hook for a hand, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, cool character, but we haven't gotten to see a lot of other aspects of what's going on on this base. I'm assuming we'll hopefully get a little more of that as the season goes on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I'm going to go with probably just the whole like battle segment. Um, I did like the ending of it where, you know, they all ended up returning and, you know, stuck with, uh, Biddick and, and everyone else. So I like that. I don't wanna I don't wanna say the end of the episode where you know everybody's all safe at home or safe at the base at the very least. But yeah. Um, yeah. I, I am I am liking the visuals from the battle scenes. I think that they're they're pretty well done. Um and I'm I'm excited to see where we go with you know the the future uh you know battles that'll that'll come up. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh you, you
1: know, uh just before we go yeah, to the last thing. Sure. What I would love from this show is more of a Mad Men feel to to the characters, where you love every single character on Mad Men, Mm -hmm. even if you don't like them, you are attached to them in some way. You know, you love Don, you love Peggy, you love Roger, you love Joan. You know, you love all these characters. Mm -hmm. They can bring in a character in the same season, and eventually you get attached. You hear, you see a bit of their backstory, you learn about their motivations, uh, you know, things like that. We've gotten zero of that, Man, about zero. any of the characters. We, we don't know anything. The only thing we know about Buck is that his dad gambled when he was a kid and he had a rough childhood. That's the only thing we've learned about any of the characters so far. We don't know anything about Biddick's time in New York, his upbringing in New York. We don't know what family he has back home. The only bit we know about these characters, actually, is two things. Buck's dad was a gambler. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you also had Crosby, who seems to be newly married, and has some sort of relationship with Bubbles, like a good friendship with Bubbles, who was in the infirmary. Um, so he has a wife that he, that Crosby has a wife that he loves, and Buck had a, a gambling dad who kind of put him in bad s- spots as a kid, uh, yeah. which is the reason he doesn't like sports, according to Bucky. But other than that, we have no idea of their motivations. We have no idea of their families back home. We don't have any sort of grounding in that, and I think because of that. If we lost a character, we wouldn't feel much because we don't know anything about them or what they're what's getting them going. We don't know, for example, Crosby, he had an f up of a mission in the last episode, right yeah uh where they where he sends a plane to France instead of uh the u k We got no sense of like this guy was kind of feeling it like he really wanted to bounce back, you know, where it didn't feel like this grand feat. He had to really pay attention to kind of read between the lines on it rather than see what was going through his mind coming back from that mission, you know. But anyways, yeah. that's my only thing. I would like to feel more of an attachment to these characters uh, yeah. in this platoon.
0: No, I, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, again, like there was, there was nothing, nothing in this episode. And in the first episode, it was just, you know, the bit right before they shipped out. That, that was all so yeah 100 yeah. percent. I, I, I want i want to see more you know anytime I, I hear you say the name bubbles i just i constantly think of uh <laughs> mike smith from trailer park boys like that's just the one thing that pops in my head every single time
1: i haven't watched trailer park boys my cousin from georgia uh, <laughs> l- l- uh used to like live off that show um but yeah isn't bubbles the guy with like the glasses like in the, yeah. the huge eyes yeah the glasses that's-
0: Last bubbles. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know anything about that show other than um,
0: it's like raunchy, but it's funny. He got it right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not. He told me he told me I'd love it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any other categories?
0: Uh, favorite line of the episode.
1: Probably oh, Buck. Yeah. It's Buck's gonna win every single episode, right? It's gonna be some one liner. Uh, when he said. We gotta lead our boys through this. I think that's pretty much the only thing that stands out to me in this episode. <laughs> as far as as far as like a line, I can't think of another line. Um,
0: I I'm I'm sticking with my Crosby character. I'm 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 going with his. I'm hit. I'm hit. Oh oh. Okay. Never mind. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. See, it was funny. All right.
1: Biddick had a couple a couple good ones too, where he was with the Scottish uh people and he was like they love me because i'm irish or something like that they don't like uh, them. yeah that, that they don't like the funny. british either yeah like <laughs> but anyway. all right i think uh that about does it right
0: them's the categories you want to get into the uh the email
1: yeah uh you want to uh let me let me open that
0: up real quick Give sure go for it in the meantime is there any you know i guess predictions or expectations you have with a part three i talked about where i've kind of i can't hope this goes i can't say
1: anything because I, I accidentally saw the preview so anything oh, I say would okay be per, would be purpose it, anything i say would be purposeful deception at this mm. point so uh anyways email from otter otter doll hi guys thanks for a great show i found episode two to be a Be really interesting since they are they are flying to bomb my hometown. Sorry to laugh. I didn't mean to chuckle at that. It was just uh, the way you wrote it there. Um, The Germans built an important naval base in Trondheim during the war. In addition to the submarine bunkers, they had additional naval capabilities in the area. They also built an airport close to where I live now. So living in this part of town was really dangerous during the war because of the Allied bombing. The submarine bunkers were well built. And they still stand. Here's a link to the Wikipedia page hmm. for the bunkers. Let me check out the bunkers.
0: That's cool. Well, I mean, not that your city was bombed. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, yeah. But there's no, some, I mean, some photos in this a wiki link. We'll have to attach this to the uh, to the show notes.
1: Yeah, we should put that in the show notes. Thank you for writing that in order. I found that that was one of the most fascinating emails we've received, um, because. I mean, we're World War Two buffs, but yeah, we don't have you know any firsthand, nor do I want it. But any sort of something that hits that close to mm-hmm. to home in that sense, and to hear somebody who says like, "Oh yeah, that happened in my hometown," that's crazy. But yeah. and again, you the U.S. has a giant moat around it, um, in that sense. So yeah, yeah. Thoughts on the email yourself, Zach?
0: You I take I, I think it's interesting. We, I mean, we haven't really ever covered. Um, a show like this, like not nothing that touches war on this scale. I th- I think that the the closest thing that we've covered to World War Two or any World War really is is actually Peaky Blinders, but the the focus yeah. is really not on the war, um, so much as it is just post war, post World War One life. So I mean, it it is very, I guess sobering is the word, kind of, uh, I I guess. Mm-hmm use here when it comes to like actually hearing about the reality and you know like this isn't just on screen like this stuff actually happened so yeah it's different yeah. i'll tell you that much
1: thank you for writing in um appreciate that all right uh thank you all for tuning in we hope you're enjoying masters of the air we hope you're enjoying our podcast just as much um and we look forward to watching the rest of the season with you guys and bringing you coverage until it ends but, um, yeah, once again, thanks for tuning in. We just finished a series on Monarch Legacy of Monsters and For All Mankind Season 4. So, if you're interested in that, check it out. I also saw a tweet from Ben Stiller today teasing Ooh. Severance Season 2. Severance Season 2 is one of the most requested shows on the channel. Okay? We will be doing Severance Season 2 on Story Archives. In addition, there is an interesting show coming out in February. We're not committing to it yet in terms of like episodically. But it does seem to be up our alley, Zach. And it's called Constellation. Ah. Numi Rapace is in it. Jonathan Banks is in it. The trailer looked great. I don't know anything else about it other than that. It is a mystery. Um, but we have had a request on Spotify from a uh, listener who has asked us to do that. Let me pull up their comment as well because I can't recall it off the top of my head. Fair enough.
0: I was actually just scrolling through the uh, upcoming list on Apple TV uh, last night and saw at least the thumbnail for Constellation, but I haven't checked out the video yet. So I'll have to do that yeah. after we end up here. End here.
1: Yeah, we got uh, just pretty much a, a comment here. Episode one was amazing. It's the start of something great. Can you please do podcasts on the upcoming Constellation with Numi Rapace? So... She's one of my favorite uh, actresses, too, by the way. So, anyways, Zach, to your outro, sir.
0: For sure. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Masters of the Air by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple and Spotify podcasts primarily. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. Visit our website at soapbox.house. Email us at contact at soapbox.house. We do have a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, take care.